When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we get the inside take from actors, artists, and creators on their work, career, and the things they obsess about. I'm your host, Connie Guillermo. Barry Watson has had a long career in movies and in TV, including playing the oldest son, Matt Camden, on the popular family drama series, Seventh Heaven. In 2022, he's taken on a new role in the CW series, Naomi, which is produced by Ava DuVernay. In this superhero drama based on the DC comic, Watson is stepdad to Naomi, who we find out right away is not from our planet. The twist? Watson is also a military man who's been assigned to help the U.S. investigate extraterrestrials. So uh, you started in television a, a while back. I was looking up Seventh Heaven was 1996. Yeah. You're You're now working on a new TV show, which we're going to talk about in a second, I promise. But how to you as somebody who's been in this medium for such a long time, how has the entertainment industry changed from your perspective? And that's kind of a lead into how Na- how we get to Naomi, but let's talk about that. What have you seen? You know, when I first started out, I, I feel really lucky because I feel like I was at the tail end of kind of what Hollywood was, where the creative still ran the studios. You know, nowadays I feel like, you know, it's it's such a, the studios are such a large conglomerate that it's just it's just it's business it's you don't have like the Brandon Tartikoffs that ran NBC and believe Seinfeld was gonna was funny even though it was a failure when they first premiered it you know during that summer and he stuck with it because he's like no this is funny I'm gonna stick with this there's no patience with sticking to something that's good it's just about the um, you know the uh, the bottom line of, of making money you know, or what's going to be a success for that, you know, streamer or that studio or, 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 or whatever network it is. That's a little frustrating. It's, it's, it's been hard to kind of, for me as an actor to kind of adapt to that, you know. So look, if you make a big hit, then, you know, they back the truck up for you and you can create whatever you want. I don't know. I think there's some of the, the, the really good quality things that kind of, you know, fall through the cracks and we miss it there's so much stuff and our, everybody's attention spans are so much shorter than I think they used to be as well. It's the lack of patience, right? Because everything is so bottom line oriented and you do have data providing you with metrics about not only how many people watched it, but how long into the show they watched and where they were coming from. Like all of that is dialed up. Yeah. I mean, and then look, there's all these successful long shows like Grey's Anatomy. I mean, how that's been on for like 20 years. I can't even think about if I was an actor on that show, well, what could my character still explore after all these years? But, you know, they keep that show going because it it's, makes so much money for, for the network. Um, and I'm sure they're still writing great quality TV. But, I mean, um, that longevity for something like that, even though if you've, you know, gone all the way through whatever 
the creator's Bible was for that series, it, uh, it takes away an opportunity for some, something new to kind of take its place as well, you know. Well, talking about something new taking its place, you're working on a, on a show right now, and I was able to watch the first three episodes. It's called Naomi, and it's based on a comic book about mm -hmm. a young Black teenager, a girl, mm -hmm. who is a superhero or has superhero-like powers, let's put it yeah. that way. Right. Uh, you, you play her uh, adopted father, and the story... Ava DuVernay is part of the creative team that has brought it mm -hmm. to life. So tell me what, how you first found out about this project and what you thought. You know, I've, I've met Ava multiple times and been in the casting room with her for, for other things in the past. And um, kind of speaking to kind of what we were saying earlier about the creatives, she's somebody that's very old school to me when it comes to um, being a creator, being a director, um, being a writer. And I just remember the first time I met with her, uh, you know, just leaving the room and she's like, I like you. And I was like, I really like you because that meeting I had reminded me of how I first kind of got started with sitting down and actually besides, you know, reading whatever dialogue it was or whatever the audition was, is actually getting to know the director and the director getting to know the actor. And so I think, last uh was it march when my reps sent me the script for it and i knew ava was um a part of it i was like oh i can't wait and nowadays everything's so top secret they don't want everybody to see the script so i didn't have a full script i just sort of knew a little bit about it from what ava sort of told me and so we met and then i you know i remember having a chemistry read with uh with casey who, who plays naomi and um it all sort of came together. Okay, so I gave a really rudimentary summary of what Naomi's about, but why don't you tell us? Well, Naomi, she first of all, she you know she is she's a fan of comics herself. Naomi's a huge fan of comics. She has her own um, blog about about Superman. She's a huge fan of Superman, and so it's so interesting to see uh, this character who's such a fan of superheroes ends up finding out that she has superpowers and is just as almost equal as Superman, if not maybe more powerful. I mean, we'll find out, who knows? Um, I don't know, they don't tell me the whole thing, but what's I think so great about the show because I have kids and I have a daughter. Um, Naomi is such a great role model for young girls, young women, young men. She's just a great role model, period. Um, and um, yeah, like you said, she's a 16 year old, you know, black superhero. And I just think for the times we're in right now, what a great role model for my daughter. And also for, you know, being able to have my wife and my daughter be able to sit down and watch this show about this, you know, amazing, powerful young woman. Um, I'm happy to be a part of it. The thing that I find interesting about the show, and I've only seen, again, the first three episodes um, are, are, are out now is that it's slow to unfold. Lots of shows like hit you with a lot of what the plot is and I don't know, maybe to increase the tension or yeah. to, you know, get you super excited about, you know, we need whiz bang, fast things happening, but this show unfolds slowly and we really learn about her and her family life. You play her, uh, as I say, her adopted father. Yeah. 
you're in the military. So your character between episode one and episode three, uh, you get an interesting assignment. So what can you tell us without spoilers? Although you're happy, we're happy for you to share spoilers if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get a call from Ava so quickly. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, this is like a, a show like I've never been a part of. And, and I say that because every week I'm finding out new stuff about my own character. Um, and not every character is always what you might think it's going one way and it, it switches direction the next episode. Um, and so for me, I've never been part of a show like this where each week I get to read the script and go, oh my gosh, no way. Wow. Oh, this, it, it, you know, these layers and layers and layers I'm finding out each week about my own character and some of the other characters as well. It's just, um, it's really fun. But I will say this, by episode 13, the, the season finale, whatever you're thinking about right now with episodes one through three, you're going you're gonna to want to go back to episodes one through three and see like, oh my God, what? Were there any hints here and there to get me to where we are now? Um, so I don't think that's, it's not a spoiler, but um, stay tuned. It's really, uh, it's a fun ride. So let me just tell people that in episode one, when we meet you, you are her stepdad, you're in the military and um, Naomi herself starts to discover there's something different about her. And we find out by episode three that you've kind of been reassigned duties and your job now is to help a team looking for aliens who have arrived on our planet who have these superpowers because they are perceived as a threat. Right. Naomi discovers that she is an alien to this uh, world and she has these superpowers and she might be hunted. It ends with us finding out that you're telling Naomi about that. But even your character starts out as like, just this guy who works for the military, right? Army, or I don't know what division of the military, I'm, I apologize. Yeah, no, it's the army, it's the army. And uh, so even that, now has layers upon layers, right? Yeah, because obviously we've known, you know, I mean, the way, you know, episode three ends is us showing her where we found her at, the, at you know, her birth rock. Um, so we've been sort of keeping quite a, you know, a lot of things from Naomi, you know, for these, you know, past 16 years. Um, and so I think, you know, in the, the next, the future episodes, we're going to be probably fessing up to more things that we've known about her than, than we've been trying to just play along with this great being this, this kind of ideal sort of perfect parents to Naomi, but we've been keeping some things from her, you know, mainly to keep, hopefully, I think, hopefully, you know, keep her safe um, and try to be just a normal 16 year old. But um, yeah. Um, as things develop, we uh, we will reveal a lot more. Uh, Naomi is kind of the, you know, the ideal teen in that she's got a lot of friends. She's very social. She's well-liked. She's applying to college or thinking about applying to college. Yeah. She, she has the trust of her parents, sort of, until some stuff happens and she has to kind of go behind their back. Um, what is it, you know, that you want when you, you have your daughter watch? What is it that you want her to see? Just that anybody can be a superhero or what is it that you want people to take away from that? No, I, I think that, you know, Naomi's, she's not somebody that's afraid to try things or take risks. You know, I, I've always, when I first read the pilot, I was like, oh, she's like the Ferris Bueller. It kind of everybody loves Naomi and she's good at everything, but she's good at everything because she's willing to try, you know, she's willing to take risks and 
And people who try things are, are willing to do that. I mean, something that just happened just recently with my daughter, she got accepted to uh, interlock in this sort of arts camp um, in, in Michigan near where I'm from. And, and my wife was kind of like, oh, you, you want to go away for a sleepaway camp for that long? She's like, yeah, I'm nervous about it, but I think I just have to try it to experience it. And I don't know, I haven't asked her yet, but I, you know, it's, it's, that's great. I mean, that's what we want as parents to have our kids take risks and ex try new things, you know? And um, especially this really difficult time we've been in the last two years. And so I haven't brought it up with her, but like, you know, are you getting this because you're feeling like, because you see how Naomi is and she's willing to try these things? Uh, is that helping you? But um, I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Maybe we're just, my wife and I are doing a good job parenting her and she's feeling comfortable enough to want to go do that. This podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. So I need to ask you, Barry Watson, what are you obsessed with? Well, I'm, I'm obsessed with my walks um, in, in Atlanta because I've been so isolated there. Um, I've also been obsessed because um, over the last winter holiday break, um, we were delayed with going back to production uh, because of COVID for a couple weeks. So I had a, 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 a full month off. So the kids got to get a, a, a load of, a lot of me, maybe more than they wanted. And so we've been, uh, we've been playing a lot of board games. I've been obsessed with board games and um, somebody sent us the Jeopardy board game. And so we've, as a family, we've sort of been obsessed with that because every time we play, we learn something new from like, you know, these different questions and answers. So I would have to say the Jeopardy board game has kind of been an obsession for not just me, but I think uh, my whole family. I'd like to ask Barry, we've been living through extraordinary times for the past two years um, oh, yeah. in this pandemic. And I'd like to ask, how has that changed you? What have you been doing? What have you learned? about yourself or what have you changed because of the new abnormal we're living through? The one thing I've learned is, uh, I guess, more patience. I've, I've learned that what my optimism in life isn't necessarily uh, shared by a lot of humanity, which I thought might be the case with this pandemic where I'm like, oh, okay, this is this sort of thing's really going to bring a lot of people together because we are all in the same boat. That's the one thing we all have in common is we're all feeling the same way about get me out of here. I don't want to be locked up. I want to live my whatever my normal was before all this happened. Or maybe it's just the way we see it in the media. It's been more of the opposite of just, I, I, I think, uh, more of a, a divide within us, maybe more so in this country than, than other places, but it feels that way. So that's sort of a, you know, a disappointing thing that I've sort of, you know, felt with sort of how um, I would hope we would all sort of bond together and come together and, and try to, uh, you know, just be better humans. Yeah, I can't, I can't fault you on any of that. The last two years, uh, especially if you care about public health, <laughs> have been, have been kind of a slog and uh, misinformation has taken root in our society, unfortunately. And because of that, circumstances continue to mean that this is prolonged, right? And, you know, also because of technology and because we have access to so many things, which is, you know, there's the good and the bad with that. And some of it's, we've seen more of the bad part of it because of the misinformation we're seeing and how you can kind of 
where people think, well, well, if I Google this, it must be true. And it's just like, it's just, it's just not the case. And, and um, you know, we're not always meant to know everything. Um, you know, people think, oh, it's so great. I have access. I can know everything just by looking at my phone. And, you know, maybe that's not the best thing. Maybe we, we're, we're best not trying to think we know everything. Um, one of the things that has changed is that a lot of people have been binge watching a lot of entertainment and the entire entertainment industry has had to change, right? Because mm -hmm. we stopped going to live theater. Lots of people start stop going to movies. And I'm curious, uh, have you been binge watching? What have you been binge watching? I haven't been binge watching a lot of things. I don't have, I, I hope that's not too disappointing to anybody who's listening. Um, I'm trying to actually get out as much as I can. I'm trying to walk the earth, like come through the legend. Um, and, you know, really kind of, you know, the makeup artist I work with on Naomi right now, he was laughing at me because we're, we're shooting in Atlanta. And, you know, whenever I have time off, I walk. And sometimes I don't say, you know, I don't walk to any particular place. I just walk to, to try to discover something new. And, um, I've realized I know more about Atlanta than most people that are from Atlanta just by walking from, you know, point A to point Z and seeing all the letters in between, you know? Um, and so instead of binge watching, I've just been trying to just discover more things that, you know, as much as I can and just fueled myself that way. That's yeah. great. Well, good yeah. for you. Uh, we should all go outside. <laughs> <laughs> we should all get outside. You know, it's been so tough because, of, of COVID and trying to to shirt to shoot a show during COVID, you know we're we're pretty isolated, you know, and we're being tested constantly and stuff like that. So I I I, I can't really go out and meet a friend and sit down at a restaurant or do anything like that. So I just have to fill my time with um with other things, and I try not to stay too stagnant, you know, which I could easily easily do. Um, so that's why I think I keep moving. So you also said you learned to be more patient. Were you impatient? What did you learn to be patient about? I think I've always had patience. I think once you have kids, you have to develop patience, obviously. So of course I, I had that. I, I think more showing an example to my kids of what patience is because we're going through all of this and their impatience of wanting to get back to school and be with their peers and socialize again, which they should, which has been the hardest thing. I can't imagine being a child during this time. Um, and so I think for me, I think the patience is, is more just showing it, you know, being an example of what patience can be and, and, you know, not getting, you know, I'm, I'm a human being, I'm not perfect. So, you know, I, I definitely show my flaws, which my kids need to see that as well. But I think my example of patience is uh, uh, been something I was, I've just sort of put into my head to, try to help us all be calm through this time and, and, you know, hopefully get to the other side of it or, you know, whatever the new normal is and, um, you know, just be a good example for my kids that way. I found a list of 25 things that you said people don't know about you. And one of the things that you said is that you had no say in naming your daughter, whose <laughs> name is Clover Clementine. Yeah. Uh, is that true? <laughs> uh, Clementine, I did have a say in that, but Clover, I didn't. You know, with my my sons, who um, I, I have through a, a previous relationship, 
I was surprised uh, not knowing their sex when they were born or anything like that, because I feel like those kind of surprises you, you don't get often in life. My wife is not like that. And that's where she doesn't have patience. You know, she wanted to know if I'm having a daughter or if it was a boy. And so before I even knew anything, she's like, we're having a daughter. Her name's going to be Clover. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, okay. And all these things started coming to the house with name Clover. And I was like, well, we, have, we haven't even talked about this. She's like, her name's Clover. And I was like, well, can I at least help with the middle name? So that's where I got to come in. And my, my grandfather's name was Alan Clement Watson. So we took Clement and added a, the time to it. So she's sort of loosely, her middle name's loosely after my, my grandfather. Okay. And I just want to say, I think this is why her name is Clover, but I don't want to guess mm -hmm. because her grandmother Mm -hmm. was Natalie Wood, who was yeah. in a movie called Inside Daisy Clover. And right. Daisy Clover is a movie that wasn't popular when it came out, but kind of has this cult following and has this brilliant last line where Daisy Clover, who's a, an actress, walks away from her life, basically, and literally blows up her house as she's walking away. And she, someone says, hey, what happened to the house? And if I recall correctly, the line is something like, well, someone declared war. Yes. Her declaring war. So is that where the clover comes from? Or am uh, I reaching? I, I think you've, you're, you're, you've kind of hit it right there. Yes, I think it, I mean, I don't know if Natasha would always say yes, that's exactly why. But, um, you know, also besides that, with different things that her mom has jewelry wise and different things like that, there was always clovers involved. And so that's something that's always um, stuck with my wife and, uh, you know, to honor her mom as much as she can as well. Well, and that's a plug for it. If you haven't seen Inside Daisy Clover yeah. with Natalie Wood, you should go see that movie because it's a great movie. Plus The Great Race, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> other things that you have said, supposedly, and I'm going to fact check you on, is okay. that you have a special formula to load the dishwasher. <laughs> Since the pandemic, I've let that go. That was like, that's my, my, my big OCD because I have this thing where I see the dishwasher and I don't know, it's just the way my mind works. And I'm like, well, this part of the dishwasher is meant for this, this, and this. And this part of the dishwasher is meant for this, this, and this. And so instead of just throwing the things in there, I kind of have them in order where I feel like they're spatially more efficient, where you can load more in there and we, you know, living in California and we're on water restrictions and all that, I try to make sure that the dishwasher is fully loaded and in the proper order where everything fits where it's supposed to fit. And it makes it easier to unload. And um, I've let that go a little bit. <laughs> okay, a little, yes, bit. <laughs> I, a little bit. No, more, I mean, it, it did get to the point where I would go in there and I'd see it and then I'd have to rearrange everything. And this, like I said, it was my, my OCD moment where I was like ah, rearranging it from the way everybody put it in there. So, but I've let that go. I have, I really have. And if my wife was here right now, she would say he's gotten better about that. Maybe that's, maybe that's uh, the patience that I was talking about as well. Well, honestly points to you for loading the dishwasher. I am extremely bad at it <laughs> and I am so bad at it that my husband won't let me load the dishwasher oh. and because now he, I think he has a little bit of your OCD, but the truth oh. is that I am perfectly capable of loading the dishwasher. But if somebody else wants to do it, I'm happy to be back. I'm sure you are. I'm sure. <laughs> and by the way, it sounds like your husband and I would get along very well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so CNET is a tech site in part. And so I need to ask you two tech questions. Uh, number one, what's your favorite piece of technology? You know, and I've, I've actually tried to, like I said, was saying earlier, I'm, I'm trying to kind of not get rid of technology in my house or anything like that, but trying to just find um, other ways of just not, you know, keeping my, my, my face down on the screen as much as possible. Um, but I mean, my phone, I mean, it's, it's the best technology ever. You know, I mean, I used to think it was the pager. If anybody who's listening knows what a pager is, uh, Casey Walthall, who plays Naomi, I was educating her on a, what a pager was about last week during a scene. But no, I mean, just to be able to, you know, communicate through FaceTime, the Zooms. I mean, it's, it's, I, I as a, I could never imagine as a kid or even an adult, a young adult in the 90s thinking that we'd have this amazing technology that we have now with these smartphones. So my, uh, my phone, for sure. Uh, if you could have a piece of technology or some kind of technology invented just for you, what would it be? I would probably have a robot that would probably help me load the dishwasher the way I liked it to be loaded, just to go right back to that again. You know, so I didn't, I, I don't have to be OCD about the dishwasher. I just have this robot that automatically organizes my dishes in the dishwasher for me. In the way that you want them organized. In the way that I want it. In the way that whoever invented the dishwasher and put those little slots in there, whatever their thought process was, because there was a thought process going into that. Bowls, plates, <laughs> cups, coffee mugs, glasses, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the dishwasher was invented by a woman who probably had um, a sense of lighter stuff on top, like glasses and plates on the bottom, right? Well, does it have to be a woman? It could have been somebody like your husband or myself. I'm going to Google that while we're talking. I'm sure you're probably right. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not just, you know, making a, a thing for feminism. No, the dishwasher has gone through a number of iterations throughout its 170 year history. But the first dishwasher to be granted a patent was invented in 1850 by Joel Houghton. Wow. And, but there was a woman, a socialite, who so hated, I guess, having her staff do the dishes that she improved on the design. So, so to make the modern day dishwasher what it is today. There you go. 1850. What on earth did that dishwasher look like? You know what? I'm trying to find it. Uh, it, <laughs> it was a it was a wooden box that used a hand-turned wheel to splash water on dirty dishes and it had scrubbers. And then it was improved on by adding a geared mechanism that allowed the user to spin the rack dishes through a tub of water, according to the internet, if uh, you can believe it. But the modern day dishwasher is Josephine Cochran. That's who I was thinking. Her okay. machine was the first to use water pressure instead of scrubbers to clean dishes. And it made it more efficient than right. the too earlier so there you go there's your dishwasher well maybe maybe the original one that joel whoever you said was who, who they say that maybe he stole it from a woman's idea yeah because i imagine he wasn't doing a lot of dishes do you i, I, I was thinking the same thing <laughs> <laughs> all right well barry watson thank you so much for taking time to talk to us and we look forward to seeing how your character evolves and changes on naomi which i should have mentioned is on the cw with the end of January, we're into episode three, and mm -hmm. you told us we have the whole season to look forward to up to episode 13. Yeah, and I look forward to discovering more stuff as well, because uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's a show I've, unlike any other I've been a part of. Thanks, Barry Watson, for talking to me, and thank you for listening. 
I'm So Obsessed was created by our executive producer, Danielle Ramirez. Our editor and lead producer is Sophia Fox Sowell. And this episode was produced by Rebecca Fleener. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app and follow the show on Twitter at I'm So Obsessed Pod. Until next time, take care. <laughs>